Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Six Figure Tradesman Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Henry, and my mission is to inspire you, teach you, and to bring you new ideas that will help you become the better version of yourself. You can learn from my two decades of experience in the mechanical industry to help you achieve whatever your goals may be as a project estimator. Although I speak from a mechanical estimating background, virtually everything I talk about applies to all the construction trades. So be sure to click the subscribe button right now so you can be notified every time I release a new podcast. You know, subscribers are far more likely to excel because knowledge is power. And every episode that I release is designed to deliver some new knowledge and tips to make you become the best you can be. So I have a question. Do you bid a lot of projects time and time again just to not win the projects you've been bidding? Do you spend countless hours preparing your project bids only to find it was pretty much a waste of your time? Well, today I'm going to share with you five tips that can help you increase your bid-win ratio. By following these five tips, I have no doubt you can develop a plan and a better bid strategy to win more projects. So let's dig right into today's episode. All right, everyone. So I know you're probably anxious to get into this. You know, I get asked a lot from a lot of my clients over the years, how can I win more projects? I've dealt with large companies who have crews. They have entire estimating teams. And their number one question is, how can we increase our win ratio? You know, we win one out of every 15 or 20 projects that we bid. We'd like to win more. First of all, there is no one magical equation. There are a lot of tips and, and theories that I can give you that I think will help guide you and, and it'll help you develop your own bid strategy. And that's the number one thing you have to develop. You have to develop a bidding strategy for your company. So what I tell you If I give you five tips, I can assure you that some of these five tips will apply to you. They will help you become better. But I can't guarantee you that all five tips are going to be a perfect fit. So, you know, what we need to remember as we learn all the things that we learn, because in business we learn every day. If you're good at what you do, it's because you are always learning something new. I'll repeat that. If you're good at what you do, it's because you're always learning something new. Don't stop learning. But Everything you learn, you have to apply it in a way that adapts to you and your company. So if you are, perhaps you're an outsourced estimating service, you have to take what I give you and adapt the knowledge to fit your clients. If you are a mechanical contractor, then you have to take the knowledge I'm going to give you and find a way to plug that into your company format and to the formula that works for you. And not everything I give you is going to be an exact fit. You might have to modify it. Some things I give you may not even apply to you. Because for one reason or another, it just doesn't fit your company model. So just remember that when I give you these podcasts, I bring them to you from my background, which is a mechanical background. As a mechanical installer, as an HVAC company owner, as a mechanical estimator, this is my background. But a lot of this applies to pretty much all the trades. So if you are from a masonry trade or, you know, perhaps you're a framer or a roofer, what I am saying could still be applied to your business model. So just keep that in mind. You'll hear me speak a lot all the time about mechanical because it's where I come from. But this is just the construction trades in general can can benefit from pretty much everything I have to offer. The number one thing I want to talk about, I have clients ask me a lot, why are we bidding all these different types of projects and we can't win anything? First of all, (laughs) let's start right there. You said you're bidding all these types of projects. So the first thing you need to do as a either a outsource estimator who's guiding your client on what they should be doing, or if you're the company owner, or you're the company manager, and you're running an HVAC or a plumbing company, or any other construction trade for that matter, you need to learn how to identify the right projects for your company. 
Just because you're an HVAC contractor and you guys know how to throw in furnaces and air conditioners doesn't mean that your crew is a good fit for every project. Um, maybe you're not designed or your company isn't set up to do work for perhaps a hospital or perhaps large school systems are beyond your reach, beyond your means, beyond your capabilities. Or maybe you're a really good fit because of your company background and your employees background. You have the right people on staff that you could be really, really well in something like, I don't know, remodeling these Walmarts or other retail outlets, or maybe chain stores of some sort are going to be a good fit. What's a good fit for you is not a good fit for everybody. So just because the guy down the street who has a really big company, he employs 50 guys and they do all these major hospital and school projects doesn't mean you can do that. You probably could if you put the resources into it and you had a pretty healthy bank account, but it's not for everyone. So what you need to do is, and this is hard for a lot of company owners. I tell a lot of guys this and gals, um, I tell them this and they're like, well, I don't want to design my company around my employees because if my employees leave, then that person is no longer going to be available to me and I've developed everything around them. First of all, you're not going to develop them around a person. You want to develop your company and its skill set around the employees that you currently have and their skill levels that they have. Now, if, say, Tom is one of your best lead installers who has a background in a lot of commercial work in retail space or uh, school projects, whatever it is, you could build and design something around Tom and his expertise, knowing that you need to always have your eye out for another Tom because you don't know when Tom's going to leave. Tom could leave you high and dry. So you're not building a bidding strategy around Tom. You're going to build a bidding strategy around his type of background. And if you found that employee with that background type, I guarantee you, you can find another one just as good. We all have those employees that we feel is a huge asset to the company, and it would be bad if we lost them, but it doesn't mean we can't replace them. So always remember that you're building something around a skill set, not a person. And what you need to do is you need to analyze all of your employees, every single one of them. That is from the salesman to your office staff, to your installation crew, to your service techs, all the way through. Develop a spreadsheet and list out all of the qualifications of what you have on hand. Get from them, if you don't already know, what their background has been. What is their previous experience? What do they bring to the table? Where do they excel? Um, maybe you have six guys in your shop that excel in new construction installation, but you only have two really good service technicians. So you know that going down the road of trying to pursue nothing but tons of service work is going to be a bad idea. You only have two really good service techs, but you have six installers. So we know that we need to pursue new construction. That's first and foremost, because we have six new construction installation guys. So you need to look at what you have and develop a spreadsheet with all of their strengths. And then you need to find out their weakness too, because if you know what their weakness is, you can help them build upon their weaknesses. You know, we can send them to after hours education over at the supply houses or local colleges, help build up what they don't have. Because if there's somebody that's in your company and you want to keep them, you should help develop them. That's just common sense. And if you don't know all of this information about your employees, this is a really good time for you to sit back and look at how much you really know about your company because every good owner knows what its talent pool is. If they don't know, they're going to ask the questions so that they do know. So the first thing you want to do when you're trying to figure out what projects you need to bid on is you need to know what your strength is. So get out there and find the right projects that fit your strength. If you have, like I say, a house full of guys who are really good at new construction homes, then you probably don't want to pursue 
new construction retail stores because you have a, a residential crew, not a commercial crew. And you obviously know the difference between those two because that's, you know, bidding one-on-one. So I want you to figure that out. I need you to figure out what your crew is good at. You probably already know or you think you already know, but I'm going to challenge you to sit down and if, if you're a business owner, you're going to ask your employees. If you are an outsource estimating service, you need to do the same thing for your clients. They're not your employees, they're your clients, but you need to know them. You need to understand them. You need to know what they, what they have in-house, what they can work with. You need to know what their strength is. If you're not an actual employee, but you're an outsource estimator for them, you don't know really much about them other than what you've asked them. So if you haven't asked them, you need to do that because as their estimator, as their project estimator, who is probably helping them find projects to bid on, you need to make sure you're looking at the right projects for them and bringing that to the table. If they're not equipped to do hospitals, but you find a lot of hospital work, you are not of value to them. You're not servicing them properly. So if you're a business owner, ask your employees. If you're an estimating service, ask your clients. Find out what the right project fit for them is, and then attack those types of projects and go after them. The second thing that I would recommend is, I know this is going to sound basic to a lot of you, and to half of you that think it sounds basic, you still can't answer the question. You need to know what your overhead and profit margins need to be. So first of all, if you don't know what your overhead costs are, you're already running in the black or in the, in the red. I guarantee it. If you don't know your overhead costs, you're probably not making enough to cover it, and you think you're making profits when you're not. So Figure that out. And once you understand what your overhead costs are, then you can get an idea of what your profit margins need to be. So if you get out the pen and paper and write, and you know, you got to remember the overhead cost formulas, you know, this is such a subjective topic. Okay. We can, we could talk about this for weeks on end and probably still not find a resolution because there's a lot of different formulas for calculating overhead. Bottom line to me, if that bill is going to exist, whether I make a dime or not, that's overhead. And as the owner of the company, and I have to get paid, I'm overhead. You know, if you've got secretaries who have to answer the phone, whether you're making money or not, that's overhead. You've got uniforms for the, the employees, that's overhead. Internet, phone, the list goes on and on and on. So if you've got a bill that you can't get rid of if you're not making money, then it's overhead. To me, that's just the most simple way to look at it. If the cost of that item is directly associated with a project, that's a project cost, that's not overhead. As far as the employees go... The employees are not actually direct overhead cost, although employees do have direct overhead cost associated with them. For instance, if you have health care, you've got to pay the health care bill this month, whether you guys are working or not. If you have uniforms or, for example, if you have a 401k plan, there's only money to take out and put into the 401k if they get a check. If there is no work, then there's no check and there's no 401k we have to worry about. So that is not overhead. That is expenditures. And so look at the things that you can control. If you don't have to pay that bill this month because you didn't do any work, then it's not overhead. Once you understand what that overhead cost is, then you know what that percentage is going to be for every bid. And you need to figure out that formula on a per man hour basis. Again, the per man hour basis is another topic where we could talk for a week on end and we'd have a different opinion about it. So once you know what that overhead is, the next task is figuring out what your profit margin needs to be. And I ask a lot of my clients, what does your profit margin need to be? Well, the most common answer is, of course, <laughs> I need all the profit I can get. As much money as I can make is what I want to make. 
But let me ask you something. How do you think that is some sort of a formula we can really work with? I mean, that's just pulling numbers out of the air. That's just poking hope. And you're not going to get anywhere that way. What you need to understand is, what are you going to do with your profits? If you make $350,000 this year, what are you going to do with $350,000 of profits? Do you have company goals? Do you have company plans? Do you need to buy new trucks? Do you need new shop equipment? Are you going to build a new shop? Maybe you want to build your own office. Maybe you're leasing one now and you want to buy a new one. You need to understand what your end goal is. And if you're a good business owner, you're going to have an idea of what your goals and aspirations for the year are going to be. So once you know what you need to accumulate the money for, you have a better idea of what kind of profit margins you need to make. If you only need and only aspire to spend an extra $100,000 this year beyond what all of your operation cost and overhead is, then your profit margins only need to be a little above and beyond that $100,000 because that's your only goal this year. So if you don't know what those goals are, if you don't have any aspirations of what you want to do with the money, you don't really know how to apply that formula to your next bid. If you want to build a brand new shop and you need new trucks, then you know you probably need to generate a half a million bucks to a million dollars this year. And that's going to greatly increase your bidding totals. But if you don't know the information, you can't budget for it, you can't plan for it, And most importantly, how can I develop a bidding winning strategy if I don't know what it is I need to accomplish? So one of the four things I tell all of my clients, number four here, it's a big one. And I know a lot of people don't want to do it. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of hassle. But this is something you've got to do because if you skip number four, you might as well skip one through five. You have to get your bid results on your previous bids. It doesn't do you any good to put in 45 hours on a project and bid this $3 million job and to lose it, and then just walk away. So you lost the job, okay, but you've invested 45 or 50 hours into preparing that bid, and you don't know why you lost, you don't know who you lost to, so if you're not, you know, tracking all of your previous bids, you don't have that information. If you have that information, you can start to develop a winning strategy to go with it. So what you want to do is you want to call up all the GCs you bid the projects to and ask them if they can give you a bid recap. If you're not familiar with this, I'm developing a course for it. It's not ready yet at the time uh, that I air this podcast, but I am going to build a course that'll teach you exactly how you can properly go out there and get those bid results from general contract. There's a few little tips and tricks. You know, I I can guarantee you most of the general contractors want you to have the information. They want you to know that you lost and who you lost to. And the reason why they know that if you have this information, you can develop a better bid strategy next time to get your price lower, to beat your competition. And that's what the GC wants. The GC makes his money when you bid less. He makes more. So by sharing the information with you, he's more than happy to do that. But you need to know how to ask for it. Um, Some general contractors, they don't like to mess with it. But I, I know some little tips and tricks that will help them understand why they need to give you this information. So look for that in the future. I'm going to develop a, a nice little course for that to help teach you how to do that. If you know how to do it and you're not doing it, then you're just being lazy. So if you're an outsource estimator, for instance, and you know how to do this, you realize you're leaving money on the table by not offering this service to your clients. You could do this for your clients. You could go back and on every job that you bid, or you know, if you work with a company and say they bid 75% of the jobs in-house and you do 25%, you could still build a package to offer 100% of their bid result tracking. And if you do that, of course, you can increase your revenues, but you're going to help them increase their bid-win ratio. And as an outsource estimator, your job isn't just to put the numbers together and help them bid projects. 
help them develop new ways, new ideas, and information so that they can win more jobs. If you're a business owner and you know this information and you're not doing it, you're just being lazy. Stop being lazy. If you don't want to do it yourself, get one of your employees to do it. You've got too much invested in each project to, to just walk away from a losing bid. You need to know why you lost the bid and who you lost it to. Now, my fifth tip for you to increase your bid-win ratio, one of the ways you can really help, help yourself out here, is to nurture your relationships with your GCs. You know, the general contractors you work with or want to work with, they need to know who you are, they need to trust you, and they need to understand what your business goals are so that they can make sure they align with, with their company goals. And if you don't know who your GCs are, um, if you haven't ever really introduced yourself to the GCs that you're bidding to all the time, especially the ones you bid to all the time, the ones in your local community that are there, um, you know who they are, you know who your competition is, and you should, and if you don't, you need to figure it out. So if you're bidding to the GCs all the time, but you don't really know who they are, that means they don't know who you are. If you've never won a project and you never worked with them, it's a really good idea to, to try to create a relationship with that GC and all of them in your area like them so that you can understand what it is they need and they can understand what it is you have to offer. And you need to nurture these relationships with them. You need to make it not a one-time visit. You don't stop into the office and say, hi, this is who I am. And, you know, this is my company and we'd like to offer our services to you. You can do that. That's fine. That's just, But that's just a starting point. You need to go above and beyond. You need to get to know who they are. Um, ask if you can meet with their project estimator or estimators if they have more than one. You could go in there and ask questions about what their company's goals are, what type of projects they like to go after. Because if they like to go after retail stores, but you find through your analysis and finding the right projects for you, retail is not a good fit. Maybe you need to just stop pursuing projects with this contractor. Because, you know, if that's their end goal is retail stores, but it's not a good fit for you, stop bidding the retail and stop dealing with them. And as you know what the general contractors are trying to achieve, what they like to pursue, you can make sure they align with your goals, that they are a good fit for you. Um, get to know what it is they try to achieve, what their background is. And I got to remind you, people in this world do business with people they like. And you can call it a lot of different things. You could call it kissing ass. You could call it smooching up. It's, it's none of that. It's nurturing a relationship. That's really what it is. It's no different than, you know, if you're married, you've got a wife, that's a relationship. If you've got kids, that's a relationship. If you have friends, that's a, that's a type of relationship. Your general contractors are no different. You only have a wife because you've nurtured that relationship. You have a close relationship with your children because you've nurtured that. You've built upon that. You've got close friends. And they're close friends because, again, you created a relationship with them. And so people like to work with people that they, they know and that they like and that they trust. So it's not kissing up. It's not brown nosing. It's getting to find a good fit, making sure you fit with them and they fit with you. It's that simple. So don't be afraid to get out there and get to know who they are. And you might find you'll never work with them anytime soon. But that doesn't mean they're still not a valuable asset and you're not, an, you could still be an asset to them. Um, there's a lot of ways in business that even though they're the GC and you're a mechanical contractor that don't really work together, you could find that over time you offer different values to one another in one way or another. So if you don't get out there and build those relationships, you won't know that. You'll never figure that out. But people need to know who you are, especially the contractors. So get out there, mingle with them, get to know them, see what you have to offer them, and then you can see what they have to offer you. All right, well, I hope you found today's podcast a little bit informational, a little bit helpful. Um, if you need any help in learning how to perform things like the mechanical takeoff, or maybe you want to know how you can start your own estimating service business, be sure to check out my website, sixfiguretradesman.com. 
I have several online courses to offer. I'm always developing new ones. I've got several in the production line right now. So check that out and see if there's anything there I have to offer. Now, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please do that right now. That way you can make sure you get an alert every time I release a new podcast because knowledge is power. And every one of my podcasts, I try to bring you some kind of new knowledge. And if it's not something new, maybe I can just remind you of something that you've already known, but you've kind of forgot. And now you can put it to use.